Today, we're going to look at um, what I've called walls down to difference. Um, Last week, if you've um, caught that message, if you were here or if you've uh, uh, caught that message online or on uh, YouTube, you'll remember that Trevor Schotter was talking about things like unconscious bias, things that we're not always aware of, um, behaviours and things that we sometimes um, do um, that are to do with... um, with people that are different or things that we don't know about and he was also um, talking about uh, Peter who in Acts 10 um, had a vision from God and God had to show him this really dramatic vision in order for Peter to understand that God accepts men and women from every tribe and every nation and and every um, every background Um, and I want to I want to build on some of that and think this week about some of the some of the biases that actually we do know about, some of the behaviours that we have when we encounter difference, when we encounter people that are different to us. Um, it might be things that they believe that are different. It might be people that look different. It might be people that are a different colour or speak a different language or are from a different country. Or There's all sorts of ways that people are different. It might be a different sexual orientation. It might be um, somebody that's living with a, um, a mental health challenge or living with some sort of addiction challenge or some, something like that. All sorts of ways, a huge wide area of people that we come across who are different to us. Um, and it's just a fact that, that, that we can behave differently. Um, but I, I want to look at how we can be the best version of ourselves to people that we meet that are different to us. How we can love them well and how we can make sure that we keep our walls down, even sometimes when we kind of feel that little bit coming up, how we can kind of keep that down and keep ourselves open. And if I had more time today, I'd look at Roots Down as well about how we need to have our security in God and how, how secure people behave well and they behave in a way that is open. So I'd encourage you to think about where your security lies um, because secure people are much better at keeping their walls down. And of course, our huge, marvellous example of this is the wonderful Jesus who was never fazed by meeting people who were different to him. Um, you know, he lived in a culture where Jews and Gentiles didn't mix. We looked a bit um, at that last week. Uh, men and women weren't really supposed to mix together outside of the family. Um, there was all sorts of religious and social and cultural taboos and conventions that, that needed to be navigated. And Jesus didn't really take that much notice of those um, I can't say that he didn't offend because uh, many religious people were hugely offended by him. But we also can't say that he didn't care because he wasn't indifferent or ignorant, um, but he just pressed on through. And his motivation was always um, to love people well. How could he best show love? How could he best show himself to people? And that's what we need to do, best show Jesus to people. And one of the great examples of Jesus' willingness to love well in the face of difference was when he meets the woman at the well in John 4. And we're just going to pick this up at John 4, verse 7. I think Amy's going to bob that up. Brilliant, thank you. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew... And I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. 
And Jesus goes on to tell her about himself and to tell her about the water of life. And he goes on to tell her about herself. And in the end, she goes back to her village and she tells them what Jesus has said to her. And if we pick it up at verse 39... Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many became believers. What an incredible story. There are so many differences between Jesus and this woman. He's a single man. She's a woman on her own. It's the wrong time of day conventionally for either of them to be at the well. The reason this woman has gone to the well at this time of the day is because she doesn't expect to find anybody else there because she is really outcast from society. Uh, She's a Samaritan and he's a Jew and their differences, they all started off in the same place. They all started off as part of the tribes of Judah long time back in the Old Testament. Um, But they ended up believing different things about the dwelling place of God, and that caused a division. Now, we know that Jesus has the inside knowledge on that one, um, but they would have been from very different cultural backgrounds. She would have expected to be alone, ignored, or possibly even insulted because there was somebody there uh, that was a Jew and that was a male. Um, But Jesus sees her. And he listens to her and he values her. And he even goes to stay with her people. That's a bit mind-blowing. We thought that the encounter at the well was radical enough, but then he actually goes to stay overnight with them. And as we see, many people come to know him. And in another story in, uh, uh, where is it? Oh, Oh, Luke 19. I've highlighted it and then it looks like I've crossed it out. In another story in Luke 19, we see Jesus staying at the house of the tax collector, Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is hiding up a tree. But again, Jesus sees him. Jesus sees Zacchaeus and he asks him to come down and he announces to Zacchaeus that he's going to stay the night at his house. And again, this is pretty radical because Zacchaeus was another person that was not really loved generally in society. He was a tax collector and the tax collectors would gather the taxes at inflated prices and then they'd cream a bit off for themselves and then they'd pay the taxes. So they were always rich, always corrupt, not really someone that you would generally hang out with because what about your reputation but Jesus didn't care about anything like that he just kept his walls down and he went where the Holy Spirit told him to go so he is a fantastic example to us and you know we might be thinking to ourselves well I'm I'm open I'm you know I'm good if I think of myself personally I think well I'm good at meeting people from other cultures and I'm open-minded and you know I'm prepared to see other people's point of view but I know that actually there are times when my walls go up there are times when I get a little bit scared or a little bit defensive or caught off guard and I know that, that there are times when I'm I'm just not on my best behavior for want of a better word and and so I, I, I kind of examine myself, if you like, and think, how, how could I do things differently? How could, I, how could I be a better version of me to the people that I meet? And a lot, of my, a lot of my narrative is from people I meet at Jubilee Center. Um, 
you know, people that come through the doors, maybe during the week when we're working, people that come through the doors on a Sunday, obviously that hasn't happened much lately, um, but also people I meet out in the streets, in the shops, whatever. Um, I meet lots of different people, as I'm sure a lot of you do. You know, a lot of you are working out in the community. You meet a huge number of people. Um, but how can we really keep our walls down and make sure that we are just open to those people? So I've got a few, a few pointers um, that, uh, that we might want to think about. And the first one is, open your eyes. Open your eyes to see different people. Because as Trevor was talking about last week with our kind of unconscious bias, you know, we, we're naturally drawn to people that... I'm naturally drawn to the white people that speak my language because, do you know what, it's easy... It's easy to hang out with those people. It's easy to... It doesn't, it doesn't cost me a lot. I'm even drawn to just hang out with my close group of friends because they know me and they get me and I don't have to be on my guard and I don't have to explain things. But you know what? That's just not really kingdom. That's just not really good enough. I think we need to work harder than that. And we need to see people. I remember um, a few, few months ago now, two or three months ago, um, Brendan and I had gone for a walk and along the canal um, near Slathwaite there is a brewery called Zapato Brewery bizarrely that's Spanish for shoes don't quite get that but it's a great brewery and the beer is lovely highly recommend it and we were sitting outside and I, we'd been doing the Translating God course so I was already in my mind thinking about what, does, what is God saying what is God saying here while I'm sitting here and it was like God kind of illuminated me. The Holy Spirit kind of lit up these people just as we were sitting. And I remember seeing a lady on a table. I can still see it all now really clearly. Um, a lady on a table and she'd got one arm that was bigger than the other and she'd got quite short hair. And I thought, well, that lady's battled breast cancer. Um, there's a battle going on there. And then there was another family that was sat over here and they'd got a young boy, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me that there's been a battle there, and it was either a battle for his birth or a battle for his health, I don't know which. Um, but I just found myself praying for those people. I didn't go up to them, I didn't tell them, but I noticed them. And, and I think sometimes we just need to notice people who are different from us and do something about it. See, Jesus noticed Zacchaeus and he was up in a tree. And often people that are maybe in the minority to us are quieter or they're more reserved because they, they're feeling the difference. And so maybe it's up to us, when we're the majority, it's up to us to make the first move. And secondly, love first and ask questions afterwards. I know someone who's brilliant at this. Charlene is sitting over there. Charlene is fantastic at just loving people first and asking questions afterwards. I think now of people that maybe come to Jubilee Centre, and I'm like, I've got a load of questions going on in my head. Oh, what's the right thing to do here? Should I let them in? Should I not let them in? They've come for food. It's not the time for food. Um, is this okay? Is it not okay? Will they be taken advantage? Will they this? Will they that? I ask myself a million questions before I even ask them questions, but... I watch the people that do this really well and I think, do you know what, they, they don't ask, they only ask the questions that they need to get the information to give this person what they need. They don't ask loads of extra questions and sometimes we just have to love first. Um, it's part of, I'm going to come on to taking a risk in a minute, but it's part of taking a risk. We need to love first and ask questions afterwards. I've got a friend in Manchester called Lacundo. Some of you might um, recognise Lacundo on the um, 
pioneer updates because she is part of um, the pioneer core team. And I've been doing a bit of research this year, along with a, a group of other people on the core team, just looking at multicultural and multi-ethnic church and how we get better at that, how we really champion that and how we do that really well and how we champion, again, people that aren't like us. Um, people that we're not necessarily familiar with. And so I contacted Lucundo, who is in the, um, in the King's Church in Manchester. And I was like, Lucundo, just give me some tips. What do we do here? How do we, how do we make this right? How do we include people? How do we see the bigger picture? And one of the things she said to me was, you need to build trust and relationship. Okay, that's a pretty obvious one. But she says, you need to give people time and space to tell their story. And I'm a bit of a one for, I want to know your story. I want to know everything. And I particularly want to know about your culture and your food and your celebrations and your this and your that. But she was like, actually, that can be a bit overwhelming for people. Sometimes people just need a bit of time and space to kind of get amongst us and to build trust. And then you can start asking them the questions a bit later on. And I thought, oh, that's, that's one for me to take away because my intentions are good. But good intentions are not enough. We need to be a bit more informed than that. Um, but what does it look like to love first and to ask questions afterwards? Maybe it just looks like a smile. Maybe it looks like a, you're welcome. I love it when new people come and I'm just able to say to them, we're really happy you came and you're welcome here. I think that's really important to be able to say that. And that's not any sort of falseness. That's like, we're genuinely happy that you've come amongst us and we're really glad that, that you're with us. It always has to be authentic. It might be just drawing somebody into a conversation. It might be introducing them to somebody else to widen the circle. It might be inviting them to your house or inviting them out for a coffee. But we don't necessarily know a lot about them, but we're loving them first and we'll ask the questions afterwards. And then it's about taking risks. Oh, this is a big one. We don't like taking risks, but I don't like taking risks sometimes because I desperately don't want to get it wrong. Oh, and I've got it wrong so many times. <laughs> But we really do need to take a risk and there are ways that we can mitigate those risks. We will get it wrong, but I think that's better than not doing anything at all. I think people want us to connect rather than just be correct. And I think it's that connection, isn't it? It's really important. But one of the things we can do to, to kind of mitigate that risk is to educate ourselves, is to, again, do a little bit of work. So one of the things that Brendan is really brilliant at is he has learnt all sorts of greetings in other people's languages. So I can, I can greet Francis over there because I know a little bit of Igbo. And I can say hello to him. I can say, God bless you. Um, and it just sounds terribly impressive. I can't go any further than that. <laughs> Francis will know that I have a set text here that I can say hello to him, God bless you, and I can even give the replies can't go beyond that but do you know what that's okay I know a little bit of Farsi because I have an Iranian son-in-law and I have lots of Iranian friends but they know that I will very quickly exhaust my Farsi but it makes a connection so if a new um, asylum seeker comes in from Iran I can at least say hello and tell them my name um, and so you know maybe a, a little bit of homework on how many nations are represented 
in the church? Where are the obvious nations that asylum seekers come from? Maybe just a little bit of homework on that so that when people come through the door, we have a bit more idea of, of who they are. Um, maybe learning a little bit about somebody's culture or somebody's difference. So at the uh, first part of the year, I was on a course with a, one or two other people, a pastoral care course, and we had to do a um, book review. And so my book was a book called Ministering to Transgender Christians. And it's a brilliant book. I absolutely loved it. I so enjoyed reading it. And boy, did it open my eyes to just understanding transgender people a bit better. And it gave me a huge compassion. I could feel it welling up within me. That I just thought, you know, I knew nothing about this. It, it, it was even down to basic things like a glossary of terms, which is exactly what it was exactly at my level. And it was written by um, a transgender Christian. And I loved it. I loved reading it, but it totally opened my eyes. Um, one of the other things that uh, we've been looking at, again, as I, I mentioned earlier on, is the whole idea of, of uh, how we get better at being multicultural and multi-ethnic. And I've been on all sorts of webinars um, looking at things like the origins of racism, the narrative surrounding Christian overseas mission, all sorts of the, the history of kind of Christianity and how that's played into the whole race debate. All sorts of really interesting things that I knew nothing about and I think those things now would help me in taking a risk with other people it would it's helped to open my eyes a bit and help me to understand now I know that we can't all do all that and I'm and it's overwhelming the amount of stuff out there especially on the internet is overwhelming but maybe just a little something maybe just a little um look at different cultures or even just thinking about who comes through our doors on a Sunday? Who do we know? Who, where are they from? Um, what, what do they like? What do they don't like? What, you know, what, all sorts of things. Just a little way of educating ourselves, which really enables us to take more risks. I like a bit of risk, but I like to be informed. And the next one is to recognise fear and call it out. You may have heard me talk before about how if we bring things into the light, if we name and shame them, it's so much easier to deal with them. And let's be honest about the fact that we fear difference. You might say that you don't, but believe me, you do. We all do. I know that I fear difference and I try not to. Um, and I give myself a talking to. And these are the things I'm doing to mitigate that. But we do fear difference. And that's not being prejudice. Fear can be a motivator for, pre for prejudice. But it, just because you're fearful of something doesn't make you prejudice. It is a reaction. But we can do something about that. But fear-based behaviour is rarely good. And fear makes us defensive. And the first instinct of fear is to disconnect and put the wall back up. And sometimes, like I say, it's fear of getting it wrong. Sometimes it's fear that if I associate with this person... I have an opposing view to them. I am very different to them. Um, and what if I get associated with their, with their beliefs? What if I get associated with their behaviour? And as we've seen with Jesus, he just carried on regardless. You know, he was um, called out for hanging out with the tax collectors. People were not happy about that. Um, but sometimes, again, we just need to not ask the questions. We need to just love people first. 
and not be scared of what other people will think. And I'm not talking about being reckless. Sometimes you have to protect yourself. Sometimes you have to be wise and you have to get somebody else to help you. But whether we do or don't hang out with people, whether we do or don't associate with people, whether we do or don't um, align ourselves or be with those people, let the decision be based on love and wisdom and not based on fear. Because a fear-based decision is rarely a good one. And then finally, we, need to, um, we, we don't need to defend God. He can fight for himself. He can speak for himself. And you know, sometimes, this is maybe something I used to do when I was younger, but you don't need to get your point across. Make sure you quote the Bible. Make it very clear where you stand on something. You know, when we, 40 years ago when I was in the Christian Union, we were a very, very judgmental lot. And, you know, we used to try and get in there and make sure that people knew exactly where we stood. Um, that tends to be fear-based behaviour. And it's often better, you know, just to let the Holy Spirit do these things. You just don't need to say a lot. It's much better to be Jesus to someone than quote Jesus at them. And again, listen more and talk less. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, not ours. So to sum up, we need to see people. We need to love people. We need to take risks. We need to recognise fear. And we need to let God speak for himself. Let's be open. Let's keep our walls down and our love strong. Jesus said, go and make disciples. So let's go and see the visitor. Let's go and see the stranger. Let's go and see those who are different from us. Let's go and see the marginalized. Let's go and see the challenging and the unlovely. Not to make them like us, but to show them that they are loved and that they are seen and that they are valued. Thank you. Thank you.